The first reading from Jeremiah, um, you can understand why Jeremiah was so distraught over serving God because basically there were so many who were out to do him in. He raised the anger and the ire of the people that the leaders had actually thrown him into that cistern basically to kill him. Um, because it was so deep, there was no way to, for him to have climbed out. And fortunately, there was another man who saw it, who went to the king, and the king said, okay, do whatever you want, and so he pulled him out. If you've ever been angry and wondered if God could still love you, though you're angry as all get out and sometimes angry at God, read Jeremiah chapter 20. Um, if you want to hear somebody who is angry and I'm somebody really letting God have it, um, chapter 20 of Jeremiah is a good one to read. Um, he goes on and on about, Lord, you duped me and I let myself be duped. Would that I had never been born. You know, would that the person who announced my birth has, had dispatched me in my mother's womb. Um, talk about angry. He really pours it out. And uh, does God, in a way, get upset with us because we're angry? I don't believe so. How far do you think your anger reaches into the heaven? I mean, you're angry, and how far does that anger reach? Um, they can reach maybe those in the household or maybe people that interact with you. But your anger, for all practical purposes, isn't going to transform God's creation, I don't believe. So anyway, so if you've ever been angry with God, you weren't the first one, you won't be the last one. That's something God is very much aware of, concerned with. But in a way, it can lead us to a deeper connection with him instead of separation from him. If we believe we can never be angry with him, then we still have that anger, but it just we put a distance between ourselves and God. And who loses in that? We do. Okay. So anyway, if you're angry or find yourself angry with whatever is happening, go ahead and express it to God and let God be aware of everything about it. Relieve yourself of it and give it to God, okay? That's what I'd like to say from the first reading. Um, the second reading has a line in it that I just really, really like. Um, we are surrounded as though by a cloud of witnesses. The cloud of witnesses are all those saints that have gone before us. You're probably aware that the word witness is the same Greek word as martyr because the martyrs bore witness to their love of Christ by giving their life. And so the word witness and martyr really come from the same Greek word. Um, so um, the surrounded though, so by a cloud of witnesses, I think when it says a cloud of witnesses, it means those who have died and have gone before us. We are surrounded by them. And so I wonder, whenever we gather here with each other, 
Do you ever stop and think all of those who've been part of this parish family or community are also with us and among us? They're part of that cloud of witnesses that surrounds us. They're praying and interceding for us. All the generations that have gone before us, they are here with us in the celebration. And they are part of the holiness that surrounds us. And if you think of all those who have died throughout the centuries, who have been united with God and had a love for God and a love for Christ, the, um, if we are surrounded by that and the earth is surrounded by that, isn't there a cloud of holiness that surrounds all of us in which all of us are embraced in? We are not alone. We don't stand on our own but rather we have the benefit of the holiness of all those generations who have gone before us. And we can count on that holiness and trust in that. Sometimes when people ask the question, do you think there's more evil than good? I say, no, there isn't. Yes, we may be able to see a lot of evil, but there's a lot of holiness that we cannot see that is a very much a part of our world we are united with them. We call that the communion of saints. I believe in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins. That communion of saints is that union with Christ, but also in communion with all those who have gone before who are in communion with him. That is a great, great deal of holiness that surrounds us, that embraces us. And so how tragic if we ever think we're just alone on this journey. None of us are alone on this journey. We're part of a great community of people, a great community of saints, saints who have gone before us who are with us. And those are also the ones we're called to rely on, to turn to. Um, I once was talking to another priest about I have a hard time Sometimes, if there's nobody there, whether I say Mass or don't say Mass, they said, well, you're never alone. You have all the saints with you when you're celebrating the Mass. I thought, I wasn't quite aware of that. <laughs> and so that helped just in a way be aware that none of us are alone. We have a whole crowd of saints, you know, who are encouraging us on. They are praying for us and interceding for us. They are assisting us on this journey. So never ever see yourself alone or just think that only what you can see is the, how holy the world is. No, I believe the way that Christ is working is through a person, each person at a time, you know, sanctifying them and through death and resurrection they're full of holiness. Their holiness is complete. And so they are sanctifying the world by their holiness and by their presence with us. Okay? That's why I like that line. We are surrounded as though by a cloud of witnesses. And I think that's so important for us to remember. In the gospel today, Jesus kind of surprises um, but he starts out with how I came to start a fire 
and how I wish that fire were already burning. You know, remember the Holy Spirit was sent upon us at Pentecost, and that was as tongues of fire. That was the beginning of the fire, his own life. But then he shared that fire of his love with the apostles through the Holy Spirit. That is the fire of his love. And the spirit that we received, the spirit is a spirit of fire. I will baptize you in, by fire in the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is the fire of the love of Christ. And maybe we all can take time and say, what has happened to the fire of the love of God within us? Is that fire of the love of God within us continued to be given oxygen through prayer? Is it continued to be given oxygen through allowing that love to flow out to others, a loving others as God has loved us? That is how that fire of the love of God is spread and grows within us, but grows in the world around us. I think it's a good opportunity, you know, this week, any week, is to say, Lord, send forth your spirit. Enkindle in us the fire of your love. Remember that? So take the time this week to ask God to stir into flame the fire of your love for him and the fire of the love of God within you for the world around you. Um, even if that fire has grown dim and is just a slight ember, our Lord will address that and tend to that if we invite him. Lord, restore and build and strengthen the fire of love within us, the fire of your love. May it truly continue the fire that you came to start um, he began the fire, and he continues the fire within our own hearts. So may each, each of your hearts become on fire with the love of God for you and spreading that love of God in the world around you. God bless.